Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord, we pray that your name be loaded and exalted. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Let's have our seats. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. I just want to say good morning to everyone, and I hope um, we had a very good start of the service. Um, and also welcoming everyone that's watching now for the first time. May God bless us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. And this um, Nigeria, big, you know, God, God bless you all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, I just wanted to, uh, as we go through a couple of things and as we um, as we begin to visit, reflect especially in the Lenten period and based on what God has been saying and the emphasis he has been laying I feel that it's important that as we begin to um, begin to look through what God is saying, his intentions and trying to have an understanding of where things are. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 4, so the topic is that the king will suffer no loss. That the king will suffer, must not suffer loss. Sorry, I have the uh, translation of, of, it's a Bible scripture, I have the translation of in my head, so particular translation in my head. God bless us in Jesus' name. So, he says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 14 to 50, he says, do not be afraid. You, you warm of Jacob, little Israel, do not fear. For I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I will make you into a dressing sledge, a new, sharp, a new and sharp with many teeth. You will trash the, mount, the, the mountains and crush them and reduce the cliff, the hills to shaft. So the Bible is saying here, it's saying that one of the ways that God deals with things is that God does not only attend to certain things. More, the, best, the greatest thing God wants is that he wants to mold a human being to the point that that human being becomes an instrument in his hands so that they can, you know, they can, they can deal or they can bring a change into an environment. So that they can bring a change into an environment. But as the urgency of issues may be, as the urgency of issues may be, it's important that we realize that God is not, God is not to um, God does not put. I used to say this that though God will take quality over quantity any day, any time. He is not interested in because he knows that if he can get one person that is of quality, he will bring such an impact in an environment 
that you would know that it will be visible. So we have this scripture that Jesus went on in Luke chapter, Luke where, where the Bible says, where the Bible says that the Bible says that he said, or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down? And uh, sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether 10,000 could defeat 20,000 soldiers, could 20,000 soldiers marching against him. If he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still afar. Please note what the Bible is saying. Is that when God does not find enough quality people to deal with an issue, he would rather allow it to be. He's still saying that he's still an enemy, but he said God would, he would, he would create a terms of peace. There are times where certain things are going on and people think it is peace, but in the mind of God, it is because he has no thing to deal with that issue. You might see corruption going on in a nation and things are going on well, even in this part of the world, where there are so many things happening in society and it says as if God, it says as if God is happy with what, what is going on. The issue is that there is no enough men to deal with it. So he would rather let it be. And the, the challenge at times that so that you don't, we don't take the peace terms for the fact that God is happy with situations. So the Bible say, it said, so, it said, so you cannot become a disciple. So basically, what he's trying to say is that when you want to follow me as a disciple, there are certain things you need to get into consideration. But what I'm trying to also, to, as we point out, is that there are certain things that it looks like God doesn't care. But the issue is that God will rather not start something that, he, that, that will not finish. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to say something. I want to just point out a couple of things also for us. Is that certain things can be going on. Somebody can be in position. Whereas God has rejected that, thing, that person. It doesn't mean that you would see. It doesn't mean, and I'm saying this so that you understand what God classifies as a loss or not. So we had the issue of Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 13, 13 verse 1. You don't need to, I know that some of the scriptures because I'm just trying to lay an emphasis as we go on. The Bible says, it says, Saul was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned for 42 years. So, you will not get to that verse 10. Let's come on, please. Yeah, uh, verse 13. He says, now, after they went to war, and what happened was that he said, do you, have you done a foolish thing? Samuel said, you have not kept the commandment of the Lord, you, um, of, the, of the Lord your God, the, uh, the Lord your Lord gave to you. Verse 14. He said, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. He has appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept his commandment. You would think that after now, what will happen? God will take... No. Because 
A man is still in position does not mean God is a, God has approved of it. And you begin to see on, let's go to chapter 15. You begin to see on again that if, um, 28 and 30, the Bible says, And Samuel said to him, The Lord has turned turn the, the, the kingdom of Israel from, your, from, from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors. I thought he said he has found a man. Why is he not saying that I have found it again? How many times does he want to tell it? What I'm saying is that and you begin to get an understanding of what I'm saying is that a man will, a, 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 you, somebody can be active in a particular way where God has said we have no interest in what is happening again. We have no interest in what is happening again. That you will see David in 2 Samuel chapter 4 verse, um, 2 Samuel chapter 5 verse 4. Bible says David was 30 years old and he became king and he reigned for 40 years. Can I ask you a question? If Saul was 30 years old and he reigned for 42 years old, how old was he? 72. Okay. David was 30 when he became king. So David was born when Saul at least would have been 30 years into his kingdom. So when God was saying, I have found one person, he said that David, has, David was wrong. We'll talk about that some other time. Is that at times, what God is looking for is a specification rather than a person. <laughs> God help us in Jesus' name. I just wanted to open your eyes to that, that if he was 40, so when God said, I have found a man, what he was looking for was a man that suits this quality I am looking after. That is why God can dispense a man and still, because it is not about the person, it's about a particular make he's looking for. So, what I'm trying to say is that, please note that David reigned for 40 years. And Saul reigned for 42 years. You would think that the one that God has approved would reign longer. What I'm saying, what we, are, what we are trying to get to is that you, because something is persistent, does not mean he has the approval of God. Does not mean he has the approval of God. Now, I'm saying that so that we can come to a point of understanding as God is placing us in places and I know that there are places that God is still going to raise people up in this place that will be in positions of authority politically in this country. It is happening. Bit by bit, it is happening. And it's not, so when God is saying that certain things is going to happen, my concern is that how will God not make a loss? How will God not make a loss? And you would see that in Judges, just to kind of brought what I just in Judges chapter 16, verse 20, the Bible says, Samson, I said, she called Samson, um, she called Samson, the, Philipp, uh, the Philippians are, on, are, are upon you. He awoke from his sleep. 
and thought I would go out as before and shake off myself. He said, but he did not know the Lord had left him. So, if you ask something, all the physique was still there. Everything was okay. But God had departed. God had departed. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, how does this really, you know, Jesus was talking about the Pharisees. And he said, these Pharisees, who, he said, you must obey all that they tell you, but don't do what they are doing. Matthew chapter 23. He says, you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do. For they, pra- for they do not practice what they preach. Ina said, um, I think, is it in, um, in verse 2 of that scripture? He, will, he, he said that, he said, he said, be careful of those five because they sit on the seat of Moses. Basically, what Jesus is saying that they are occupying a position of authority. You must listen to them. You may not agree with what they are doing, but you listen to them. So, how does this affect or how does this come to a place? Is that if a man is not, has not understood how God deals, you could be occupying a position and heaven is shaking their head to say, what a waste. You could, things would be going on well, but God is saying, there is nothing for her, there is nothing for us in this case, and there is a way by which, and we've been talking about discipleship, and this also goes a little bit more into discipleship. Is that there is a way, there is a pattern by which disciples are raised in the kingdom of God, so that when they get to certain levels of life, they will not forget. They will understand what is seen. When, when you read about the the Hebrew women. In, four, in um, um, uh, Exodus chapter 1, the Bible says that the king said to the Hebrew midwives, whose name was Seth, and, uh, and the Bible says they were helping Hebrew women at birth. Now, please note that they were all slaves. So it is a privilege that the king is asking you for a favor. But the Bible says that because they feared God, if they had killed all the children of Israel, do you know what would have happened? Moses also would have died. So, what does this mean? God is going to be placing people in places that he needs you to ensure that his kingdom does not suffer in this country. Because if these women had killed, no matter the prophecy, they would have ended the children of Israel. But God was accounting on the fact that these people feared God in such a way that they preserved his work on the land. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as we begin to look at a couple of things and we talk around 
for discipleship. Malachi chapter 3, and all this will tie up verse 3, verse 2. The Bible says, But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? It will be like a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. It will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. It will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then, they would, then the Lord would have men bring offering of righteousness. And, and, and the offering of Judah and that of Jerusalem would be accepted to the Lord as the day gone past. Okay. Question. What does it take to become a Levite in Scripture? Walk in the house of yeah. God. But in their days, you are born. Because you are born, the Bible says, because you are born a Levite, it's not a guarantee that you can offer, you can offer perfect sacrifice before God. So he's saying that even though they are born Levites, I still need to sit on their life. Please, when you, somebody comes to your house and you offer them a seat, what are you saying to them? Welcome. We are welcome. They're comfortable. What you're saying to them is that there is no rush. Does that make sense? So when God is sitting over a life, there is no rush. He is not in a hurry. He's saying that to be able to get gold or to be able to get silver that is pure, God saying, no, these ones, I need to sit on their life. This is not the one that will say, God, let's do this quick, 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 quick. Let's get it out of the way. No, 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 no. The ones that, that are going to be able to give him offering that matters, he needs to sit on their life. So he said, it will sit as a refiner. So the first thing to know is that when you are coming into the hands of God and he's making you, God is not in a rush. The ministry of John the Baptist, how long did it last? His active ministry. Months. How long did the Bible say he was in the wilderness? So he was in the wilderness for many years for a ministry. How long was the ministry of Jesus? Three and a half years. How long did he start before he came into ministry? Thirty. God is not interested. He's not in a rush. <laughs> when people were dying in Egypt, Moses was still parabolating. God did not chase him. Until he came and moved God said, Ah, Moses, the sound of the, the noise of the people, what has been happening to them all these years? Because God is not in a rush. He would rather strike peace apart than to invest and lose. So he said, He will sit. Now, when you are working with purifier of silver and of gold, you will discover that they are deliberate. 
See, your one carat to underless carat, <laughs> amen, <laughs> and your 15, I don't know which carat is it? 24. 24. Is that the highest? Okay, 24 carat gold. It is how well the refiner has sat on it to purify it to the point where it becomes. So, the longer they sit on it, the more purifying it will be. The reason why you are paying more value for 24 carat gold is because it has been purified to a level that is you are, you are paying for the value the time of the refiner that's what you're paying for and as we begin so what am i pointing at is that the refiner is deliberate it is not is not in a rush but is also deliberately doing certain things in order for the beauty to be able to come out So, you would see scriptures like Mark chapter 3 verse 14, where the Bible says, He appointed twelve that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach. The first condition is to be with him. No matter what dream or revelation that you have had, that God is sending you to preach to the whole world, the agenda of God is not, is not to send you to preach. The first agenda is to be with him. So the Bible says that they might be with him and he might send them out. Do you know what this is? Is that it is not, it is not a must. The condition that you will be with him is left to me and you. So he said that they might be with him. After they have been with him, they can go. What does that mean? You cannot give what you don't have. You have to first of all, we used to say this as, as you know, when, when we talk about worship. You cannot come here and, or let, let me even use someone as an example. As God will have his mercy on my, you know, on my life and things like that. I have been up since one o'clock. I am not, it's not that I didn't lie to The God that you have not encountered, you cannot bring people to me. Or else you will lose them on the road. Or you will both be the light leading the blood light. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> I say to people that help coordinate the service, I say, you should be able to know at the beginning of the service where that service is going. Or else you don't be blind leading the blind. So what, what does that mean? The thing is that if you fulfill purpose in that service, you don't know because you were never you, you were never there anyway. So when the service gets to a point, and it's not all the time you meet it, but the point is that you can, if you don't meet it, you will know that you will know how what where did we get it wrong. But you cannot even know where you got it wrong if you didn't even know where you are coming, where, where you are going initially. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying please don't. I'm not saying anything to spiritual. I'm just saying that 
even if you are leading worship as an example, the best thing is that even in your home, you can lead worship to a point where, on your home, and you can feel the presence of God. That is, you are bringing, so if I'm leading you to worship, what I'm doing is that I'm inviting you into what, I, what I'm experiencing before. That's what I'm doing. I used to say to people that, you know, by God's mercy, my sermon, I, I'm the one, I, I, I'm the first convert. At times I preach to myself and I go on my knees and take up that one. When I'm preparing sermon, I preach to myself and I pray, I go on my knees. And at times when my sermon, if I preach and it finishes, or things like because of time and things like that, and I go, somebody caught me <laughs> in the, in the uh, story there where I was preaching to myself after because and I said that I'm sorry. Say, see, your own has finished, but my own is still going on. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So he said that he appointed twelve that they may be with him. And this is what one of the things that we would be looking at is that the first intention of God is fellowship. Being with him is fellowship. The Bible, so when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he was not talking only words. And I'm going to just pull certain things together. He's not talking only words. It was, it was practicalizing. It was things that they saw. So you see things like John will say, the word became flesh and it dwelled among us. We have seen his glory, the, the glory of, of the one and, holy son, uh, one and holy son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. We will say that we beheld him. What does that mean? Is that there is a part of discipleship that it is not only talking. There has to be a lifestyle that, 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 so that is why it is something that the devil has perfected in the body of Christ when they say, Shadra Shamin Shosh. It is not a biblical teaching. Because discipleship can never be done on that basis. That is why you will begin to see that when Jesus appointed 12, they were with him. They were not going back and they were with him. They were going from place to place. Because there are certain things in discipleship that cannot be spoken. It's not only talking. It is things that you see. I, when we started church, you know, I used to, when I come in, I used to, uh, you know, even the previous church that we were going I used to sweep, clean the church, and things like that. I did not, nobody sat me down to teach me. My dad used to clean the toilet in school. We woke up 5 a.m. in the morning before anybody, we are in church 5 a.m. We will clean and tidy up everything in the toilet. So that's our, our own jurisdiction. We will tidy up everything, we will wash the gutters and things and things like that. They did not, nobody taught me. He, he didn't sit down to you, but there are certain things that you see. And it becomes part of you. In case you thought that this one was just uh, one one way person and things like that, I can I, I can still remember the faces that I saw the other day when my sister came to, to she came to, uh, to this country and the first thing she, she picked up the broom and she was sleeping. 
I didn't talk to her that I needed. Because it is what we saw. It was the discipleship that we received. Does that make sense? So there are certain things in discipleship that it cannot be. You, it is not only taught on script. In, 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 that is why it is. It is a lifestyle that is impacted. And you will begin to see how. You know when they saw their disciples in in um, in Acts chapter four, the Bible says that listen, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men, and they said they were astonished. They took note that these men have been with Jesus. What why what what happened is that they saw him so much, they followed his lifestyle in such a way that they did not know before they to became like him. And what this means also is to note that as Jesus did it then, he has committed it into you and I to live a such a life that others can be discipled by it. So it is not only Jesus that disciples. Jesus, when Jesus stopped discipleship, what did he do? He handed it to his disciples. And you see the relationship between Paul and Timothy. Paul, the Bible says in Acts chapter 6, Bible, uh, 16, Bible, uh, 1 to 4, the Bible says that when Paul went first to Derby in uh, and then to Lystra, where a young disciple named Timothy, this was the man that became a pastor later on, when he first met second Timothy, he said his mother was a Jewish believer and his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra. And you, um, the verse 3 goes on to say, so Paul wanted him to join on their journey. In, in, in difference to, um, to, the Jewish, uh, to, to the Jewish area, he arranged that Timothy be circumcised before they left. Now verse 4, the Bible says, then they went from town to town instructing other believers to follow the decisions made by disciples and, 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 um, uh, disciples and, and elders in Jerusalem. What am I trying to point out? Is that the lifestyle was not only teaching. Timothy was following Paul in such a way that he saw the life lead before him. And this also... Please, before God gives you any disciple up anywhere, the first disciples are your children. They are the ones that will see if you pray or not. If you fast or not. You know, we've discussed it. I'm waiting for updates. <laughs> Because those children are fasting. I've seen their pizza. They brought their pizza here because they're going to break at 12. Now, if the parent is eating and the child is fasting, so they're the one not discipling. I'll be counting. <laughs> because those. Parents that did not fast will go there and go and eat pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that is double. <laughs> double worry. 
God help us in Jesus. You know, all I'm saying is that it is a lifestyle. Because except, except these things are laid out before them, there is nobody. See, Paul, Timothy that we later saw that became such a mighty hand. That it was Paul that said, let this one follow me. Let him be seen everything that we are doing. Let him be seen and everything that we are doing. So, they modeled how to live righteously. This is one of the challenges. Is that if you don't know how to live without money and be, and, and, and be happy, how are you going to model to somebody that is struggling? One of the problems that is that some of us, our character is so that God cannot replicate. Just ah, <laughs> let us keep it here. See, it is important because as we begin to, I know a pastor. He was the head of HR at Deliveroo, or one of the senior directors in Deliveroo. When he does outreaches, he goes to a rural area in Africa where they built their church in Malawi, and he sits, he uses the toilet of um, Pete. Pete Latin, that's what he used it. And this is the man that is on. And when they got a pastor, and the pastor said, um, ah, you know, we need to, because we have, because they have a very big church here, and he said, ah, we need to build a church, we need to, you know, let's do our church in such a way that the roofs are this and that and this. And the man said, how can you build a church? Everyone here is using touch roof. You want to build a church that has zinc and all those, who are you building it for? You are like them. You can only disciple them if you are like them. You don't come and drive a car into a rural area where everybody is a farmers. The question is that how can God mold you in such a way that even though you have billions, you can sleep on the floor because those that you will be discipling don't have beds. That is where the problem is. Is that God is saying, no, you must be moldable in such a way that you will be in the midst of people that don't care about you or will talk to you anyhow because they are still getting to know God. But if you are still like, ah, me, I don't take nonsense. There is limited thing God can do with So you begin. So what I'm telling you is that fellowshipping, fellowshipping, and is not only with God alone, but with individuals in such a way that the life is so modeled, in such a way that that life is leading other people to Christ. People, not everybody will be able to have certain revelations of Christ. But guess what? That's why Paul said, "Follow me, as I follow Christ." You know, I, I used to, somebody, somebody gave me a picture one, one day, some, somewhere, as he was saying to me, ah, yes, God showed me that there is so much grace and power that is given to you. How do you want to partake in that anointing? 
He said, but God said, you should fast for three days. I will join you in that fast because I need that blessing and that power. The next day, they were eating. I woke up, I was like, ah, what, what is going on? Because I was like, if this thing was true, <laughs> you know, you should be, you should be fasting. Then why should I fast? Because you that you saw it, you said that ah, I too I want it. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Please, by the mercies of God, discipleship is fellowship is key, and fellowship means intimacy. They see you. If you have a disciple, they need to be, have access to your life. Discipleship is not showing people the best of your life. It's actually telling them how you conquered your own struggles. Then you see Paul begin to say things like, you saw me in my prison times. You saw me when I was in prison. You were there, Timothy. You understand how these things work. You understand how these things work. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Just quickly, sorry. Um, the next thing I just wanted to point out is that there is an intention, intentionality in, in, in the teachings. If somebody is, see, the more you, the more you get closer as you begin to, is that the teachings you are listening to matters. The teachings you are listening to matters. That shows the access of how much you are moving forward in that journey. And you see that Jesus would always gather his own disciples and teach them, especially. Because the teachings you are listening to would determine a lot of things about you. Paul was talking to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, let's go, he says, he says, the teachings you have had, they say, you have had me teach things that you have that have been confirmed by reliable witnesses. Now teach those truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass it on. Who will be able to pass it on? You know, Paul went on and was talking in, in chapter 3, when Paul was talking to the, uh, Timothy, Timothy he, said, he, said, he said, how from infancy you know the Holy Scriptures? You were able to, you were able to, which, which are able to make you wise for salvation through, uh, through the faith in Christ Jesus. All Scriptures is bread, is, is God bread, and and is useful for teachings, rebuke, and correction, and training in righteousness. That means to be able to live a righteous life, you need training. And he said, these teachings will get to a point so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He did not say someone. So that means, if God is, is calling you into finance world, into business, into the word of God can equip you accurately. But it determines how you are taught. That's why he said, 
you have been, it has been made known to you. The scriptures. It has been made known to you, the scriptures. Paul was so deliberate about teachings. And Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, in 7 Timothy chapter, um, 7 Timothy chapter 1, he said, through the power of the Holy Spirit which lives within you, carefully guard the precious truths that has been entrusted in you. See, there are some truths of God. Scripture, see, at times, I, I don't know, you know, it, it, it baffles me at times when, you know, I, I listen to a lot of um, preachers. You know, I'm, I'm happy with that, but at times you, you listen to some teachers and let me just put it this way. There are times where I can see a book in somebody's hand and I say, ah, this is going to get very soon, I'm going to get it drop. Because there are some teachers. <laughs> By the time you listen to them, God help you. I listen to a lot of preachers. I'm not saying don't listen to teachers. But please, especially, I think this is a problem at times. As we are coming into the West, the way they teach scriptures is a little bit different. Not that, I have like it now. They are more theoretically sound. And so there are variations of scriptures that has been taught. And if you are not careful to discern which one you are on. There's a preacher, I will not mention that, I used to listen to every day. I love him a lot. It was in the dream that God said to me, you are going to hell very soon. Said if you continue listening to this person, you're going to end. He was one of those that preached crazy grace. I said, ah, you know, I was like, ah, no, grace, grace. I said, hey. <laughs> this is how you want to live your life, grace. Nothing hap nothing is happening. Grace covers it all. I said, yeah, you're on your way to end. Please be careful. Be careful. As I can say, be careful. Because at times, you know, teachings are people stretch scripture that is stretch it to the point where I'm like, oh God, you stretch that thing too much. You know, <laughs> you, know you, you, you are actually stretching it at this time. Because I was, I was actually listening to someone that I respect a lot, and I do still respect him. I was listening to him, I was listening to his sound, I was taking notes, and it was, it, it, it was, it was quoting a bit of scripture, and he was talking about uh, Matthew chapter 5 to Matthew chapter um, 8. And he said from Matthew chapter 5 to Matthew chapter 8, he just was talking directly to specific people. And Matthew chapter 8, he came down and things like that. I said, okay. And I took it. But I now went back to Matthew chapter 7 and said, Jesus was speaking to some other people. Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 8. There are different categories of people we were speaking to. I said, ah, oh, that. It is strange. It is strange. You can actually say, God help us in Jesus' name. Yeah. I used to, I used to, so those were in Bible study. I saw it not Bible study, the uh, prophetic, when they were saying that. Mm -mm, you are already stretching scripture beyond, <laughs> beyond, beyond these boundaries. God bless her in Jesus' name. So, Teaching, second one. The other one is that deliberate praying. Jesus prayed for his disciples. But guess what? There are people that have to be, 
you know, you people, you two are supposed to be praying for. For them to be established in the faith. Um, Colossians chapter 4, verse, verse um, Colossians chapter 4, verse, Epaphras, who is one of you, the servant of Christ, sends his greeting. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, matured and fully assured. So, three things that we said. Fellowship. Understanding things practically done. Secondly, the teachings. Third is prayer. She said to people that I understand that there are some prayer that we say, ah, but the resting prayer the Bible says is that your faith will not fail you. You will not become an unbeliever. He said, he's always wrestling in prayers. He's always wrestling in prayers. I want to also say to us that there is nobody that is born again and born a matured Christian. That is the whole essence why the Bible calls it born again. There is a growth process. And you are forever growing. Luke chapter 2, verse 40, the Bible says that, and the child grew and he became strong and he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Let's go to 52. The Bible says, and Jesus grew in stature and in favor with God and with man. If you think that you're, I don't need people. As far as God is on my side, I don't need to be. If somebody corrects me, it doesn't matter. Jesus had favor with God and with man. But the Bible says he was growing in wisdom. If Jesus is growing in wisdom, if he grew in wisdom, there is no reason why you think you cannot grow. And the question is this. I, this year we're in the third month. Have you noticed, can you, can you differentiate you from January from you from now? Is there a particular thing you can say, I am growing in? Or have you been, have you been, there's no need to grow. I'm not talking about only growth in relationship to things of the spirit. I'm talking about growth in relationship to how you deal with human beings. That God will not suffer us. Just going to end it this way as we come to a point of God sitting over a life. We are getting to days in this country where Christians need to be extra. Let me, let me start with what I said yesterday. I hope you know in this country that, and God help, help us, we're all getting, I'm not talking anything racial, but it is said that if you are a black person, you need to do times two 
of what a white person is doing to get to where they are. Do we agree or we don't? So, that means that because you are not accepted as it were, you have to prove your words. Does that make sense? The days are coming close that as a Christian, you have to prove your words to be accepted. Where it is not new to us. Daniel lived in those days. They said there was nothing that they could find in Daniel except so they tried every other thing. There was nothing. Are you easy to be fired? Is there so many things at your workplace that you are late? I'm not looking at you, sorry. Just <laughs> you are late. You are never on time. You don't meet targets. Even if it's because of your faith, there are so many other things to send you back. The disciples of Christ were so conscious that they knew that they had to leave. That's why God gave Daniel ten times the vision. So, if as a black person you have to do twice, as a Christian, you have to do ten times as better as unbelievers. To be able to avoid at least as the best the minimum of the persecution of the coming. But they will look for things to pick. So you just say, ah, it doesn't even mean target anyway. Let's come up here speaking. Um, so Paul will talk in Philippians. Paul said, my index expectation and hope is that in nothing, so positive, there will be nothing that I will be ashamed, but with boldness, as always, as, as always, and now, and now also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether in death or alive. I just tell the people, see, if you are preaching and you stare to somebody in the church, kill us, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. You know, when the one that you are preaching, you are trying to not look at one side. <laughs> Paul said, my endless, on the other fashion, will say, my, my eagerness. So, he set a bar for himself that there will be nothing that will make my preaching sound useless to you. But if I have already been known in different places. I will say to someone, please, you are not young enough. You are not too young. There is someone that God helped. Somebody came to this church. And she joined. She knew me from university days. I didn't even know her. She only knew me that I preached. said, if I had been... As soon as she had that, I said, ah! <laughs> what would they be? <laughs> New covenant there, there was somebody that came that came with someone to the church. They saw me doing Bible study. That person knew me from a year. I did not see her until I went to that person. I, they, I heard that they were in, in London. I went to go and greet them to now find them in the 
in the church members house. If I was a, you say, this one, uh, London, the leveler. <laughs> if he has come to London to come and hide. <laughs> As soon as that person, that person was a Muslim. So, ah, Pastor Barry, that guy, I'm not perfect too. But what I'm saying to you is that make this your goal. That there will be nothing that it would make people question what I'm saying. People will question you. But I will not be one that will hand you over a gun to shoot. Does that make sense? So, the Bible says, oh, he said, but now and in always. Why? Because so that Christ can be glorified in my body. So that Christ can be glorified in my body. And you would see that, you know, the, 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 the mind of God has always been, and the, you know, the disciples of Christ, Paul would get to a place, Paul would say, He's supposed to be getting money for it. People say, I would rather not take it. I would work with my hands. Why? So that you will not, you will not begin to think that ah, this guy is here for money. No, I would rather work than to do that. The Abraham, they wanted to give Abraham money. What did the Bible say? Uh, they were wealthy. He told, they told the king, he said, no, give it to my boys. Why? So that when Abraham is rich, you will not say that he made me rich. Basically, they are setting standards for themselves in such a way that you will not be able to mock God through them. Let's come on to the and the question, and you know, the Bible says that this is where the Bible says that, and then the administrators and high officers began to search. They were searching for some fault in the way of Daniel's handling of government affairs. They didn't start for ministry. They started to say, hmm, this guy, this neighbor, <laughs> they are always, ah, they are always shouting. They are always, see, if somebody is, I know someone that is lives in somebody's house as a tenant. If that anything happens there, because he, he repairs it himself. He, he cleans it up, he cleans it and things like that. Why? Because at times when he's praying, he, the people downstairs will call Landon and say, but Landon is saying, this guy, whenever I go to my house, he's... If he were to be that, Landon would say, ah, thank God, come and go. He said, but they could find nothing to criticize him or condemn him. He was faithful and responsible and completely trustworthy. These men set targets for themselves. It is not easy. But even as a parent, there are certain things you do not do because of the sake of, the, of your children. And if you are not a parent yet, you are still young, please. It is not the day give that you are a parent. Parenting starts. In fact, by the time you give back, it's almost too late. Because, do you know what children? Children are beautiful, but they have a way of bringing out. 
Our grandmothers, my mother's had that way of breaking up. When they do something, you want to say, ah! But, <laughs> when they are passing Jesus' name, they are almost done. This one to just point out to us is that we, God is expecting. The Bible says in Daniel 6 2, the Amplified said, Over them three chiefs and controllers. said, From, the, from whom Daniel was one, this, this um, struggles being accountable to them and the king, so that the king will have no loss. That's where I bought it from. So that the king will have no loss from disloyalty and mismanagement. In our own case, so that God will suffer no loss in the place he's sending you to. He needs your total loyalty to him. Because when God is splitting, see, at times we think that God splitted Africa, Nigeria, it is um, Lord regard that match everything together and things like that. But in the spiritual realm, the way God maps nations is different. The Talmud says that, the Talmud says, I said, the most I gave to the nations their inheritance and he divided man and, and he, divide, he divided mankind. He fixed borders of people according to the numbers of the sons of God. So God is saying, there are how many Christians here? This is the expectation I have. So that I will not suffer loss in that environment. In the sector that God is placing you into, God has mapped up that area so that he himself will not suffer loss. Question, do you think God has not suffered loss? What I'm trying to say, and the whole essence is that somebody can, God is not, doesn't find it as a big deal to buy you a car. Doesn't have as a big deal to give you a house. Doesn't have a big deal to give you a million pounds. In fact, that million pounds can go to billions. But the interest of God is missing. The interest of God is missing. There is a story that a prophet wept as he was declaring that somebody will become king in his, in, in his scriptures. Second Kings. That's last scripture we're going to read. The Bible says, Elijah answered, go and tell him he will certainly recover. N nevertheless, the Lord has revealed to me that he will in fact die. He stared at him with a fixed gaze until Ahazel was embarrassed. Then he said, man of God, then, then the man of God began to weep. Why is it, my Lord, you are weeping? Asked Ahazel, please. Because I know the harm you will do to the Israelites, he answered. You will set you, you, you will set you will set fire to their forfeited places, kill young, kill their young men with the sword and dash their little children to the ground to the ground and rip open pregnant women. 
as a son, how could your servant, a mere dog, accomplish such a great feat? The Lord has shown me you will become king. What he's saying is that God knows that that position, he has already made a loss. The places that God is placing you or will place you, may it not be that heaven is weeping. Say, well, they prayed they've got the position. They prayed they've arrived at the place they want to come. But my whole interest is lost. The prophet was weeping. He said, because you know that you're tied to, rather than to advance the kingdom of God, they're going to stand against it. Do you notice that if you don't say that you will not become king? What I'm saying is that you can have your cars, you can have the big jobs, and heaven is weeping. Because God has suffered a loss. It is not hard for God to place you in those high places. But he has placed so many people that heaven is weeping over. Because rather than follow the mind of God, they rather save their pockets. Rather than pursuing the things of God, they rather want to satisfy themselves. Because as far as they are concerned, it is to get the red passport. And God is saying, take red passport. Go. You think that is what is key in my heart? I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Ah, God, I need a husband. Because, ah, you know, husband, I've had one, it's not a problem. But, are we not going to cry? So, you see, these days, we need to go on holidays. We need to go on holidays. We need to, we need to, we need to I'm not saying don't go on holidays, please. You know, Enjoy your family or have priorities. As God is saying to us, I'm going to raise precedence on them. They are good that within those children, there would be leaders in those places. And he was so passionate about what he was saying. It. And as God has given me grace, the fear in my heart as he was saying it is that is he not going to weep as those people sit in those places and do whatever pieces them. So, the loss heaven makes is not the loss of you, what you think, that's what I'm coming to, that God is lost, having a loss over, is not what you think he has a loss over. It's if you will see people who will stand for him. Those days are coming in this country. Where God will be trusted people into high places and saying, What are you going to do? Some of us, I'll hear the story and one will pray. Person is into the medical world and they were concerned about certain things in their life. No, let me go take that back. There is someone that I know 
did not have their papers, struggled for a long period of time, they got detained. The person has a gift of prophecy. And the person, when I got there to go and visit the person, I said, why would God bring me here? With all that I have done, why would God bring me here? See how I'm suffering. The person actually suffered. So I said, calm down. I said, the position you are in is not a surprise to God. They, I said, God has brought you here for a reason. So you just need to calm down to see what he has brought you here to do. Then, that was the day they now gave them tickets to go to Nigeria. I didn't even know that was, that was I don't, that, but that was a process then. Anyway. They, well, they, they had already booked a ticket, a flight in, um, was it in Gatwick? Or maybe in another city, one of the two. They got to the immigration post, and apparently there has to be a Nigerian embassy officer there that has to confirm if they are Nigerians or not, or just because they don't have passports and things like that. So the guy now said to him, they, he had allowed every other person to go into the plane. He now called him, he said, Abu, I will not let you go. I'll tell him I don't know you. And he said, no. So I went back again. I said, you see, God has brought you here for his friends. What not happened? May God never allow us to have such encounters. Detention camp in this country. <laughs> See, for you to understand what I'm saying, they take your phone. As soon as you are, you are going there, they take your phone. They give you a phone that you cannot take pictures. For you to know how bad is it in there. They say that children must go to school by law. You, there's no children that be left at home. There are children locked up with their parents in that place. People sleep on the bare floor. No mattress is, 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 is at the place. In this country, the Bible will say, hey, tobacco. No. So, all this charade <laughs> that is going on. So I said, but there were people, when you go there, they, are, they, used, they, they have like a, um, you know, they only have like a, 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 a um, communal area, but they put nets on there. Why? Because people jump to commit suicide. So they put the nets there so that at least it will catch them and they will not, they will not kill themselves. But people are killing themselves in those places. And I said, so then... God began to, when he now calmed down a bit, God now began to speak to me. He will now call people, began to preach to them, began to tell this is what God is saying. God said this, God said that. God said this, God said that. Before they knew it, their Christian, their church program was filled to the, to the back. Everybody was coming. Then I went, he said, oh, he said, I, I, I'm not happy. I said, why? He said, People are living. God is in this one we live in. I am still here. I said, calm down. He has brought you here. So, because of the when I said to him, I said, this is what the mind of God is. 
you will never be able to have your time because you don't have time for this kind of place. You rather go to pulpit and preaching where God is looking for you in those places that he was in God. I said, if you can make up your mind and make a vow before God that I will always return here for these people. And things like that. Oh, it didn't last two weeks or a week it was released. Not only released, it got his papers. Since then, till now, he hasn't returned back. I'm not talking two years old. I'm talking three years. God has suffered a loss. Is it the papers that was hard for God to give? No. But he was saying, he is sitting in heaven and seeing lives destroyed. Lack of hope. And we are all gathered here. And God is saying, who will go out there and spend, I was talking to the choir, I know that God will help them at all time. You know, old people's home, care home, let's just go there and sing worship to them. You will see that there are so many of them who cannot, the mama that used to come out here, mommy that passed on, that used to come out here, um, our children used to bring her down to the church. She would tell her, when she's going out in her wheelchair, she'll be smiling. And actually, when she passed on, she said, you know, Mama used to tell us every day, Mama, used to, she can't talk well, but she would say, just take me to church. What I'm saying is that God has no problem with doing what he said he would do for you. But will he not suffer a loss? Let's answer, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.